Merry Christmas. It is a privilege and a joy to be able to worship with you this morning. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is alive, and boy, do we have reason to celebrate. Amen? I'm excited. You sounded great this morning as we worship the King. I want to celebrate just what happened this past uh, like 24 hours, maybe over the last couple of days. Uh, the, the choir and the band and the tech crew and the greeters, I'm so thankful for the investment you had to serve our community and point them to Jesus. Let's give God glory for the investment to, to worship the King. Let's praise God for that. Hey, all month we have been celebrating the fact that Jesus was born, that he came down to earth, and that gives us joy this morning. The, the big theological word is incarnation, and that just literally means that Jesus took on flesh, that, that he was born of a virgin, he, he became a baby, he, he was uh, fully God, yet fully man. It wasn't halfway, halfway, he's God and man completely. And that allowed him to be our sacrificial lamb to save us from our sins. We, we've covered so far this month in this incarnation that he came down to earth, this first truth that he came down to earth to meet us where we are. And I'm thankful for that. There's some um, spiritual pursuits that say to achieve uh, this high level of connection with a deity, a false god that they believe in, that you've got to do this and that. God meets us right where you are in the middle of your mess but he doesn't leave you there. That's the good news. We can't, we can't look, well, God's going to meet us where we are, and he's going to leave us like that. No, he transforms us to be more and more like Jesus through sanctification. We don't have to be afraid of that word either. Through the Holy Spirit, we can become more like Jesus. He also gives us a purpose when he comes. And it's not to sit back on Christmas morning and be comfortable, which I love the beauty and the peace that's in this moment. But our purpose, guys, never forget this, is to share his hope. To, to seek and save the lost. And, and that's his purpose and it's our purpose. Last week, Dee did a great job as he shared with us this reality that he came to be Emmanuel. And that means God with us. The beauty of Christmas is that God came to be with us. He didn't just sit on, on the right hand of God, that Jesus uh, left that position in heaven, that high position uh, that everyone in heaven has always honored and he came to be our servant, to be with us. Which leads us to the truth that we celebrated Friday night and last night, and I want to apply to your lives today, is that Jesus came down to earth to give us joy, to, to truly that we might live and be a bright light to the world, that, that this light came into the world and the world cannot overcome it, and that light lives in us and, and should fill us with joy. As followers of Jesus who have been saved, we don't just uh, celebrate today that we have eternal life. He has given us joy to live now forever, and I pray that you live that. That we just don't sit back and feel safe, but we really get out and live joy now. I find it interesting, I was thinking of this concept though, a lot of times as Christians, we don't really experience the joy that we're meant to have. Remind me of another Christmas gift I received last night if you were here or on Friday, I talked about the Nintendo, which was 1987. I think this gift came to my life in 1985. So going back in time a little bit, uh, back, to the, back to the future first when it was released. But, but my grandma and grandpa gave me on this Christmas a remote control superbike. And it looked a little bit like this, but mine was black. 
Um, it had pneumatic tires, and all that literally means is this little remote control actually had uh, air-filled tires, and, and from the motor to the, the back shaft of the, the, uh, the axle was uh, actually a belt. I mean, this was a high-level toy for an eight-year-old, and I was super excited to be able to drive this thing, but a terrible thing happened on that Christmas Eve in the chaos of Christmas and the Cummings family. The charging system for the remote was lost, probably thrown away. Anybody ever have something happen, important things thrown away on Christmas? So for the next like decade, it's in my bedroom, and I'm like, man, this is a very cool bike. And it was before the days of Amazon. Radio Shack didn't have it. That's where you went for wires back then. I never saw that bike run. Sad story. Now, I don't want one of those. I don't need 10 next year, okay? But, but that was a really cool bike, and there was a point where I, I don't know what happened. I think I just threw it away. I was like, I'm tired of looking at it. But for years, I knew that it had great capability. I never experienced the full capability of that bike. It was always set, setting on the shelf. I wonder if that's not the way we are as Christians sometimes. Receiving Christ, knowing he's been born, accepting him as our Savior, he gives us joy to experience now. Not just when we get to heaven. Now, heaven's going to be so much better, but he wants us to live out joy now. I wonder how many of us truly have that joy because I want you to accept it. You're like, well, it's not for me. You may think, well, we've heard this enough this week, but hear it again. The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy, which is for all people, and that includes you. That's the gift that he wants to give you. Great joy right now. The good news of great joy, which, which means when we live this, that we're just not saved from death, but we have life now, life to the full. It means that we have strength from God to face anything. I'll say that again. Through his joy, we have strength from him to face anything. It means in all circumstances, you're able to be blessed through God. It doesn't mean you're going to always be happy. Happiness and joy aren't quite the same. In fact, they're very different. But the joy of Jesus will, will be a blessing in all circumstances. And what I'm about to tell you is counterintuitive uh, to the, the Christmas culture of the United States of America, but it's true. Joy doesn't come from what you get from this world but it's what you know the world can't take away. I have been happy on a lot of Christmas mornings for what I get, and it's happiness. But joy doesn't come from what we get. Joy is this acknowledgement that what we have in Jesus cannot be taken away no matter what the world does. And I want to encourage you with that today. Oh, it can take your job away. I would say a lot of you have lost a job that you wanted to have for a long more time, but, but I know this, while, while the world may take your job away, it can't take your purpose in Christ away. It can't. While your house can be taken away, it can never take away your forever home in heaven. And while your, your health uh, can be abandoned by this world and be robbed, your holy position through Jesus cannot be taken away. And I praise God for that. As I uh, share with people that face death even today, your holy position in Christ cannot be taken away. I want to give you a gift that should flow out of that this Christmas. It's real simple. You can own it before you leave. It's just two words. It's, it's a, a verse from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and you can memorize it right now, but it may be the greatest spiritual gift you'll receive today that you didn't know you were even going to open. It just simply says this, rejoice always. I think you've got it memorized. Let's work together on this. Rejoice always. On the count of three, let's say it. One, two, three. Rejoice always. I pray that you grab a hold of that gift and, and really live it, that you would rejoice. But, but how, do you, how do you have joy always in the midst of the frustration and failures? Rejoice! And the problems and pains? 
rejoice. In the dangers and even death, the word of God says rejoice always. Because this is not our forever home, but God is giving us a joy that even goes beyond this, so rejoice always. That type of joy in the midst of this dark world is only available to the believer. The world definitely has happiness. And I I will tell you this, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, if you're a teenager here or if you're 80, sin will create happiness for a moment. The reason sin is so tempting is it feels good for a moment, but joy comes for those who are faithful to Jesus, always. And we can learn from the Christmas story again this morning. Romans tells us that. I think it's good to go back to the the characters of all the biblical stories, because here's what the Word of God says about this. For whatever was written in former days, whatever is contained in God's Word, was written for our instruction, that through endurance, and endurance comes when things are tough, And through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And remember that hope changes everything. Amen? So we're going to look at uh, three different characters from the Christmas story and apply what they see uh, to our pursuit of joy. We have neutralized, though, the Christmas story. We have sterilized. I was talking to Ron Schaufelberg this morning. He's cared for animals most of his life. And we were just talking. You know, Jesus was born in that uh, stable setting. He was laid in a manger. It wasn't sterilized, guys. They've cleaned it up, but the slobber was still there. That's an exact quote from Ron Schaufelberger, okay? (laughs) The slobber's still there. The stains were still there. It was a labor of love. We we neutralize it. We sterilize it. We romanticize it, but it was not easy. Yet Mary and the shepherds, man, we can learn from them. The headlines of, of back then were brutal. The headlines today would be brutal as well if the story happened today. Um, have you noticed on social media, especially or the internet, there'll be kind of a, a neutralized, not a very big story, but because they want clicks, they'll exaggerate the content of the, uh, uh, of the article. Sometimes they'll, they'll put this ridiculously amazing picture, and you're like, I would like to see more about that. And you, and you click on it, and nothing about that picture is in the article at all. Anybody experienced that? It's called clickbait. Man, you don't, have to, you don't have to change the headline of Christmas to make it very extravagant where it would be uh, clicking through the story. For example, here, here's one of the possible headlines if you were to publicize the story today and you weren't neutralizing or, or uh, sanitizing it. How about this one? I'm a virgin and my baby has come down from heaven to save the world. That, that would get your attention if that was the story of today. Or how about this one? What these shepherds did will shock you. You know, you ever seen one of those headlines like that? It's that, oh, I got it. What did they do? Well, they worshiped the king. Or how about this one? This is pretty radical. Who's the daddy? Okay. (laughs) Woman claims God. Fiance says, he's not mine. You're going to click on that one probably. Like, what's going on? In fact, those are the kind I don't click on because they're so far-fetched. I know it's it's, it's just trying to get my attention, so I'll click on an ad. But that was the truth of that day. And in that radical truth of that day comes some radical truth about joy. Here's the first one that comes from the shepherds. Joy is here. It's not complicated, but the shepherds knew that. Joy is here. Remember the angels announced that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their sheep, watching them. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, right out in the fields, right by the sheep, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Right there, they didn't, they didn't have to, well, you got to go to the palace, you got to go to the temple. Right there, God's uh, joy and hope surrounded them, even though they were terrified. These guys 
shepherds had a job that no one else really wanted. Few were interested in. They were watching sheep. I used to show sheep in 4-H. They're not the most interesting animals to herd or to, to pay attention to. They're, they're kind of boring. If they're in a group, they kind of just mind their own business. And now, you have to guide them where they want to go. But once you're with them and they're calm, it's pretty non-eventful to watch sheep, especially in the middle of the night. You know what they're doing here? They're sleeping. So these guys are watching these white blobs out in the horizon just sleep. I mean, how boring is that? But all of a sudden... There's this announcement of great joy. The word of God says, suddenly, right then where they were in the middle of the field, suddenly there was this great announcement. Jesus has been born the Savior. What joy was that? He said, this is great new, good news of great joy for all people. It is for you. So I know you've come now to a building to worship, and I commend you for that on Christmas morning when it's cold. Great job. But there's a chance that some of you haven't received that joy, and I want you to know that joy is for you, every one of you. Some of you are here even on Sunday, Sunday morning because you're going to go to Grandma's house, and it's just the pathway to get there. That joy is for you today, each and every one of you, right here and right now, it's, it's, it's arrived, right here. But the good news of great joy for each of you only becomes personal when you realize it's for you. I can't overlook this. You may say, well, I got it, but, but think about it. There's a difference of something good happening, whether it's for you or not, if it provides great joy. For example, let's say a coworker or a cousin wins the lottery, like one of those big lotteries, the billion-dollar ones. That's kind of good news. But if you're the one that wins it or a letter comes to mail, you've won a million dollars, that's great joy, and there's a difference. Let me make it even more simple. Let's say a coworker or a cousin from another state gives the announcement they're having a child. That's good news. But when you're able to announce you're having your own child or your first grandchild is going to be born or your 10th grandchild is going to be born, that's great joy because it's personal. I want you to know what Jesus has done is not just good news for your cousin or your coworker. It is great news for you because it's personal. Jesus came for you. And it's better than having your own baby. Now, it's hard to process sometimes. It's better than winning the lottery because his coming is the difference between life and death forever. And there's a difference. Christmas is personal because Jesus came for you. It's a gift with your name on it. This morning, we already exchanged some gifts, just one. We're going to do the rest of them after uh, church, so I promise you, because uh, I've already promised my kids, we'll keep it short, so we're almost done, okay? Because, but when you're looking for the gifts under the tree, you're like, whose name's on this one? And there have been times, probably almost every Christmas, if not every other, there will be someone who we can't find a gift with their name on it, and you get a little nervous, okay? Especially if it's like, uh, if they're under the age of 10, and all of a sudden you can't find their gifts, and you can see them, oh, Santa didn't come this year for me. I want you to know this morning in Greenville, Illinois, there is a gift with your name on it. His name is Jesus, and he's your Savior, and that should bring you great joy. It's right here, right now. And the cool part about it is, once you have it, you don't have to keep it for yourself. We're called to share it, just like the shepherds did. That's what they did. Here, here's point number two, and we're looking from the wise men's perspective. This is another powerful truth. Joy is often a journey. 
while it's right here right now, it sometimes takes a while to get a hold of to really understand it. And I thank you that you're on this journey this morning. But joy often doesn't happen in an instant. We, we want everything in, in our world today to be an instantaneous joy. We live in the, the times of, of microwave popcorn. I think that changed our culture. Guys, we can't even, we're not even patient enough to wait on microwave popcorn anymore. You know, you have to download an app to get this to work. And it, like, it's going to take five minutes. You're like, move on to something else. We're, we're so much wanting our happiness to come in an instant, but sometimes, even though joy is here, it's deeper and it takes a journey to achieve. So if you're here this morning and you're hurting and you're still looking on the journey with Jesus, keep moving because it will pay off. There will be a blessing. Think about the wise men. They set out on a journey to find the Messiah uh, through following the stars. They knew this, this really special star showed up, so they went on a journey. It led them to Jerusalem where they began to ask questions. Where is this Messiah? And then King Herod's like, hey, tell me more. I want to know about this king so I can worship him. Uh, king Herod interviewed them, and then the star wasn't there for a while. I think that's what I see in the scripture. And then whenever they left the temple or wherever he was, uh, probably the palace, they went out and they looked again and the star appeared. And here's what the word of God says. There, there's, a, there's no doubt that there was joy here. It says, when, the, when they saw the star, this is after they'd already met with Herod, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. That's a little redundant. It's like they had joy on top of exceeding joy and they, they were joyful. Because what they had been journeying to find had showed up again and they were, they were moving towards it. Uh, history will tell us, if we do some basic math, now you could, you could argue this a little bit, I don't know all the details, but people believe they traveled around 500 miles. It would have taken as much as a half a year. And they rejoiced when the journey led them to Jesus. This morning, I want you to know, don't give up on your journey. Every time you follow Jesus, it pays off. Sometimes it may take uh, six days, it may take six months, or it may take 60 years to come to know the joy of Jesus. But it's here. Uh, keep moving towards it. it he, he is ready to show it to you. Uh, the Word of God says this, Weeping may last through the night, but the joy comes in the morning. I look around the room even now. Some of you have had great grief this year. Some of you have had great tragedy, and there's weeping, there has been pain, but joy comes to those who follow Jesus. Amen? It does. Some of you are in pain right now. Joy comes in the journey of following Jesus. Jesus himself said in John 16, you will grieve. It's, it's a little similar to that, uh, that passage where Jesus says, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Here he says, you will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It may be today for some of you. It may be tomorrow, but there will be a day suddenly you will meet Jesus face to face and he will comfort you in a way you've never been comforted and joy will wonderfully come. I've noticed in ministry that sometimes our tears lead us to a place of joy. I found that living faithfully through life's pain produces the greatest joys this side of heaven. I love being happy, but joy comes often when you're walking through a distressed or depressing thing or even death, and all of a sudden, those tears turn to joy because you realize God is with you. Here's what I want you to know today. As you journey, and no matter how things are, God is still with you. That's what Christmas is about, Emmanuel, God with us. So if you're journeying and today is hard, uh, cry those tears and look for that moment where suddenly God comes and says, I'm giving you a peace like you've never had. 
Early in our ministry in Hersher, I experienced it or I witnessed it. I was ministering to a family about our age. They were in their 30s. And one of the spouses had decided to live outside the promises of marriage, outside of God's will. The other spouse was pursuing uh, the spouse that had went, or, went, went astray. And the spouse that was living outside of God's will did that for months. Uh, it turned into years. But the other one was faithful and continued to, to trust God. And I was there the day that the other one came home and said, I'm sorry. And not anything was said after that. There was just an embrace of tears and joy because God had restored their relationship after much heartbreak and much pain. The joy that that couple now has is something that I don't want anyone to live through, but it's special because they know the faithfulness of God in the midst of sin. They know the faithfulness of God in the midst of frustration and the faithfulness of God that comes through forgiveness, and their joy is amazing. Their joy is something different than many of us will ever experience, and I'm so thankful that in the midst of our tears, God leads us to great joy. Some of you here... It's time for you to recognize that God is with you in your grief, in your, tra- in your tragedy, and he's asking you to be faithful, continue the journey. Uh, joy is a journey with Jesus, and it may not be an instant thing you find. Uh, our world uh, will tell us that, that you need that next thrill, that next new relationship, that quick fix, that feel-good moment. But what Jesus is saying here, stay faithful, keep journeying, and have that great joy of Jesus. And God will never leave you, never forsake you. There's one final thing that we see here today that I want to encourage you with from Mary. That joy can be a difficult decision. It can be a difficult choice. Mary had great joy. We know that. Uh, She said, uh, last night I love the version that Shelby worked through with Mary. She says, now I'm dancing within your gladness. I'm dancing within the good things you're doing. There was joy in Mary's heart that we see in Luke chapter 2. But there was also confusion. Some of the words that are in Luke uh, described it like this. She was confused, disturbed, and afraid about her pregnancy. And then she made a decision. She responded. Listen to the word from Luke chapter 1, the word of God. Here was her response, the choice she made. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. She transitioned from a choice to follow God from a lowly position to a great position of giving praise to God and and acknowledge that we would still be rejoicing in her praise today. We talk about Mary every Christmas. We talk about Mary probably every month. Mary made a choice in the midst of confusion and pain to say, I'm going to be faithful to you. And her joy was tremendous. She says, I'm the most favored woman of all. She had joy because not where she started, but because of the choice she made to follow Jesus, her own child, her Lord. See, joy often is found on the other side of a difficult choice as we trust God instead of ourselves. That may be the price of admission today. By the way, it's free, okay, if any of you are worried. But joy is often found on the other side of a difficult choice as we trust God instead of ourselves. I wonder what you need to trust God in today that you've been doing on your own. 
I'm thankful you're here, but what's, what God's, what's God speaking to you in? See, we, can be, we need to be very careful again with making New Year's resolutions and opening up Christmas presents because what the world is telling us through commercials and media is this. If you could just have this gift, if, if you get a little bit more money, if, if the stock market performed a little better, if you could have just a little bit more vacation, if your wife could be a little nicer, if your husband could be a little neater, if I could just take a little bit of fat around the belly and put a little bit more uh, muscle in the shoulders, then life would be good. Just a little bit more of this or that, then things are going to be good. I want you to know, this is my Christmas present to you from my own words, that is a lie. A little bit of this and a little bit of that will not bring joy, but Jesus does. He brings joy every time. Don't get caught up in what the world will say you need a little bit more of. Jesus said this right before he went to the cross. He says, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy, his joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. You know when he said that? Right before he went to the cross. He wanted his disciples to know what real joy came from. It was from him, his joy. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. So let's learn from the examples of the Christmas story. Let's learn from the shepherds and say, God, I'm not going to chase after the junk of this world, but I'm going to hold on to the joy that's here in Jesus. Or the shepherds, the wise men, the wise men's we can learn from them and say, God, when the journey is difficult, I'm going to know you're with me. Maybe that's what you need to say to God today. God, the journey is tough right now, but I know you're with me. I'm, I'm thankful to hear that again. I'm going to keep moving forward. Or Mary, God, I trust you. I'm not trusting me anymore. See, joy doesn't come from what we can get from the world, but it comes from what we know the world can't take away, and that's Jesus. I wonder how many of you have to return something already or something's broke. The world will take away so much of the happiness of Christmas in a heartbeat. But what he gives us in Jesus can never be taken away. Here's what Jesus said before he went to the cross. The word of God says about his, his concepts. It says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. That's what Jesus did for us. You know what he did? He gave everything up so you could have joy and so that he would know the joy of being with you forever. Before the joy set before him to do the Father's will, to be in relationship with us, he went to the cross and now he's at the right hand of God and we need to hold on to him no matter what. Uh, on December 10th last year, 2021, a tornado outbreak took place in the Midwest. 88 people were killed. Can you imagine that? 88 people were killed over five states. 74 of them uh, were killed in Kentucky alone. The, the path of devastation went from Arkansas to Ohio. It was one of the worst uh, tornado outbreaks in recent history, and it happened right before Christmas. In Kentucky, one of the hardest-hit areas, Jordan Braze, rode out the storm, rode out a tornado that went right through his house in his basement. He, he took his family in the basement, put a mattress over them, and they rode out the storm. When the tornado had left and the storm was over, he went up from his basement and his house was gone. The roof was gone, a lot of his uh, possessions were gone, everything else was soaked. But Jordan was a, a piano player and he had one of his prized possessions, a, a grand piano in his living room. As he went to look at the piano, it was waters logged it was soaked. The, the keys were, uh, some of them destroyed, there was great damage, it was a mess and it was only going to get worse as the water soaked in 
So he began to play right then. And the first song that came to him was a song about holding on to Jesus. Watch Jordan play uh, after the storm. There's just something about that name. Devastation was all around him. Death was in his own community. His family just escaped death. If they would have stayed upstairs, it would have probably been over. And yet he was protected. And, and in that choice, when his, his house was destroyed and even the piano he was playing was no longer going to be a part of his life, it was, it was ruined after that moment because of the water damage. He's playing that song. There's something about that name. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that name. I, I wonder what's been taken from you. Can you still say that there's something about the name of Jesus? I'm holding on to Jesus while, while the world will pass away, by, while American uh, Christmas things will pass away. We're holding on to Jesus, amen? And he brings joy.